You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And the fire. It's Kittle getting a block downfield and a good one it was by Jennings. He's in again. He cannot be stopped. 33-yard catch-and-run touchdown. George Kittle has scored for the fourth time in two games. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Wednesday and we're going to be joined right now on the uh, BetQL Network, presented by Ben MGM, by Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in a bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ben, let's talk about the bottom of the NFC, the playoff picture. It's uh, There's a spot open, and it sounds like the commanders are going back to Carson Wentz for the final two games. What do you think about the decision, and, and did you handicap the bottom of the NFC what are you thinking? Because it feels like if the commanders slip up, we could be heading towards a Lions-Packers win and end game maybe a week from now. Yeah, I, I was, you know, starting off with, you know, the Taylor Heineke move, at, you know, to Carson Wentz, obviously not, uh, you know, a huge differentiator between the two quarterbacks. Obviously, Taylor, you know, much more willing, I would say, to probably sling the football downfield. Carson Wentz is, has been, you know, more notorious for at least tucking and running in pressure-type situations. So maybe there's some upside lost, I would say, with Taylor Heineke not at quarterback for the Washington Commanders. But we have them with, you know, right around a 32% chance of making the playoffs if they win this week. That bumps up to 57%, but they drop all the way down to 10% if they do lose. So uh, I would say a pretty high leverage spot for Carson Wentz. We've obviously seen him, you know, even last year, you know, in games setting up for the, to get the Colts into the playoffs, not perform all that well. So very much, I would say, probably fading Washington and buying into, you know, one of the two teams that you've mentioned in Green Bay or Detroit, I do think probably makes the most sense to get in, you know, as that final wildcard team. Both have shown, I would say, you know, enough semblance of offense production, especially coming through the passing game where uh, they are much more of, a, you know, the two teams that I would want to buy into and, and very much, I would say, kind of on a crash course for the winner to get in here, I would say, in Week 18. Uh, ben, we were just talking about the different scenarios with some of these people that have made Week 17 in uh, Survivor Pools and uh, – mine or the circle one like it, they're all that seem to be down to three people and it's the same teams that are available so I'm wondering what you would do uh they this is a scenario that a lot of people are in that are still alive and I'm wondering what you would do for this week you have the yeah, Lions I'm... hosting the Bears you have the Giants hosting the Colts and more risky but the Falcons favored by more than a field goal at home against the Cardinals don't know if it's going to be McCoy but if your options are Lions Giants or Falcons what do you do for all the money I would probably, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is obviously a tough one. I was going to, you know, I, I'm not Go sure how many people route. have, I'm not sure how many people have used the Patriots, but I do think with the, the Tua pending concussion injury, obviously that's oh. only at minus two and a half, but I think okay. that one maybe bumps out a little bit further, but for those three teams, I'm riding with Detroit. I do think that they definitely have what it takes to beat 
uh, you know, Chicago pretty handedly here. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much, you know, Chicago actually has to play for at this point in time, if they are, you know, very much still trying to evaluate some of the younger guys on their roster. Uh, but they, you know, uh, I would say have some incentive to drop this game. So I think choosing of any of those three teams, uh, definitely Detroit. But I also think the Patriots make, you know, some sense given how that game's setting up as well from an injury perspective. So that, that New England line inside of a field goal, you would take New England and over some of those other options where the line's more than a field goal? I would, I, and, and, and again, it kind of depends on where we get close. If we do end up getting some two and news, I would feel much more confident in the Patriots, but uh, sure. I think I'm maybe talking myself into Detroit more than any other team here, but I do think the Patriots would probably be uh, my, my, my second preferred option in those, uh, among those four teams. Ben, curious what your perspective is on the Jets-Seahawks game. I'm really interested in this game. It's the Geno Smith Bowl. You have Mike White back in. Two teams that are dead with a loss, likely still alive with a win in this game to get to Week 18. So we flipped here with the Jets quarterback news that it's going to be Mike White. It was the Seahawks by a point or so, point and a half. Now, BetMGM, the Jets are two-point favorites on the road. What do you think on this game? It feels like a um, the loser goes home kind of game here in Week 17. Yeah, we very much, you know, from PFS perspective, kind of had that playing out. I think the Seahawks would have like a 4.2% chance with the loss. The Jets all but dead at 0%. So very much like this is this is the game that we need to see kind of show it. And it's probably one of the biggest, biggest leverage spots coming up here in week 17. But I know Joe O likes the Jets. I just, I, I'm still, you know, the, the weird thing about Mike White, obviously he has had some, you know, some spots where he has been really productive, but it still kind of seems almost like this Taylor Heineke type setup where the team is kind of winning in some ways in spite of him as well. So I still believe in Seattle. I, I think they have, you know, even without Tyler Lockett in the fold, I do think they have a pretty decent passing offense, especially, you know, uh, you know, with DK Metcalf, they haven't necessarily gotten as much out of Geno Smith as they were in the first half of the season, but I think on a win-and-go-home spot, uh, I'm riding with the veteran coach with the team at home. So I like Seattle plus two right now. I think this would probably be you know, much closer to a pick So if you can get Seattle at plus price, uh, I think that's probably my preferred spot. I also don't mind you know, th- this game potentially going over the 42.5-point total. Uh, I know the Jets have a pretty good, off- a pretty good defense, but uh, I think with Seattle potentially moving the football enough times, I don't think Seattle is going to have, you know, a strong defensive performance. So I do think this one could easily, you know, sail over that total as well. Um, dare I say that the AFC South is really interesting in week 17 from a betting perspective, and, you know, with all of these teams involved. So on Thursday night, we've got the Titans with nothing to play for. Betting market quickly realized that. And this uh, Cowboys line has gotten out to 10. The Cowboys favored by 10. And then Jacksonville, little to play for. I know there's a small chance about a wild card, but it's probably going to be about week 18 for them. They're four-point road favorites at Houston. And then I find the Texans interesting because the Bears are suddenly live for the number one overall pick, and the Texans have a head coach in Lovey Smith who's probably not going to be there. Like The AFC South is really interesting this week. So how do you handicap uh, these games? Yeah, it is really tough, you know, obviously to gauge the motivation. There is, you know, obviously some precedence with Mike Vrabel, specifically sitting Derrick Henry, you know, and that obviously being a concern from a betting market. But on the other side of this Thursday night game, like the Cowboys don't really have a ton ton to play for either, right? I think from PFF simulation perspective, 
we have them with like a 96% chance of being that number five seed. So they're not really going to move a whole lot from, you know, a winner loss in this one as well. And there is a chance that, you know, they, they could very much be in line to at least give some guys some rest if it's not happening in week 17 in week 18. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously probably leaning in the side of the Titans here. Cause I do think that, you know, mm-hmm. even if Rabel's kind of had a history of, you know, resting some guys, I do think at least in the first half, we're going to see, you know, the full combat of starters that are actually healthy for the Titans play in this particular one. I do think there are questions about the Cowboys motivation as well. So at plus 10, uh, I think I'm probably leaning on the Titans side of things. And like, and like you said, Jaguars, uh, Texans, I would say is, it's probably a little too early to uh, effectively handicap this one. The Jaguars do have like a small chance of actually getting into the wild card. So I expect them to, uh, you know, very much show up here and actually play as well as they possibly can. So I, I think they're probably the only side in that particular match. But like you said, like there, there's no reason except for, you know, job additions and everything else uh, for the Houston Texans to play hard. But I think that we could probably still see that play out here in week 17. Ben, how far can the Chargers go? They've punched their ticket to the playoffs now. It's, I, I said it yesterday. It's been a weird year in that we've talked about them more as a disappointment, but yet here they are with nine wins. They could win 11, kind of where everyone projected them before the season. Ten and a half was their win total. They're, they're right there, yet it doesn't feel like anyone is high on them. They are getting healthier, though. Bosa back to practice. How far can the Chargers go? What's their ceiling? Yeah, I think they can still very much, I would say, kind of squeeze into this AFC uh, conference championship game. And, and I think they could even be live to actually get there if they do reach their top end ceiling, right? And I think a lot of that kind of depends on, you know, not only Joey Bosa, like you mentioned, but Rashawn Slaver as well. Their one detriment, I would say, kind of right now is, is the pressure and sack situation with Justin Herbert at quarterback. But if they can kind of I would say circumvent that, get some guys healthy and back along the offensive line, not have to rely so much on this short passing game that, you know, is way too heavily influenced with Austin Eckler kind of coming out of the backfield and a lot of throws underneath. They can kind of open up some things with Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer Palmer downfield. I do think they have a a dangerous enough offense to, I would say, uh, maybe pull up a couple upsets here. So uh, I know they were a popular preseason team defensively. They have not lived up to that hype whatsoever, but that's a spot they could easily regress. And I do think if they get some of these guys back in the fold, uh, they make for, I would say, somewhat of an intriguing sleeper candidate to maybe get out of the AFC. All right, let's talk about uh, the Broncos and their situation now without Hackett for the last couple of da- games. I think this is so hilarious. So the so the interim coach wasn't even there at the start of the year. That's the guy they brought on to help Hackett, right? <laughs> like during the right, season, right. he wasn't even there the entire year. So you don't want to lay lumber with the Chiefs when it's a massive number here like we have this week, but – 13 and a half, Russell Wilson. There's a team that I'm going to point to where, oh, I don't see a fired coach, but we've seen it in Carolina. And I don't know if right. that's the entire thing, but uh, Carolina's played very well at home. I, I have a tough time expecting that sort of a bump with the Denver Broncos. It's just a mess internally as well. Uh, what are you thinking as far as Chiefs, Broncos? And also the total's 45. The Broncos were a dead under team, but they've gone over the total last three weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and even as far as like, you know, fired coaches and seeing some sort of like dead cat bounce, we even got one of those with the Jeff Saturday led Indianapolis Colts in his first game as well. <laughs> so there is some, you know, some like, you know, uh, you know, history of this actually happening somewhat frequently. Like you said, there's there's no way I'm comfortable laying, you know, almost two touchdowns with the Chiefs against anybody right now, even given the current state of the Denver Broncos. So 
I would probably say that the Broncos are maybe the correct side, but there's just no way I can stomach that given, you know, the current version of where they're at, given where Russell Wilson is, given the the constant fighting between teammates as well. I don't think that's really going to be cleared up, you know, in, in one week whatsoever. So maybe the guys rally and can potentially play hard because they're very much, you know, ha- have their jobs kind of on the line in that situation. But uh, that's not really a narrative I want to fully buy into. So maybe if they start off hot, they could be a spot where you want to back them in game or something like that. But uh, I do agree with you. I think the total, given that we might see some chunk plays, especially with both defenses, uh, you know, given where they're currently at, uh, I think that's probably my only pregame look for this matchup. Ben, let's talk about Monday night. It's the marquee game of the week. It's probably the, it's maybe the last marquee game before we get to the playoffs. Uh, the Bills at the Bengals here. Bills fair by one and a half points right now at BetMGM on the road in Cincinnati. 49 and a half on the total. A lot at stake here. Number one seed. Uh, potentially Joe Burrow trying to steal an MVP. If they went out and the Chiefs slip up, they could get the one seed. What do you think here? Bills at Bengals Monday night. Yeah, I think this is a pretty, you know, pretty accurate line. Obviously, you know, it'd be probably, you know, out to three, four, even three and a half or four out there with the Bills, actually, if they were at home. But uh, I don't have a ton of interest in backing anything in the pregame spread or, or, or money line. I do think that the over 49 and a half, given where, you know, both defenses are at, especially the injury situation to Cincinnati side, like this is very much, I would say, setting up to be. Uh, you know, a shootout game back and forth with the team that has the ball at the end, probably emerging victorious in this one. So I like over 49 and a half. I'm not quite sure why we haven't, uh, you know, I would say trickled out to like the 51, 52 range at some point. But uh, I very much think that that's probably the correct spot. And I, I very much hope that this game, you know, lives up to the hype. Uh, both offenses have very much shown that they can move the football pretty effectively through trunk plays or also just sustained drives. So uh, I don't expect much defensive resistance. And I think, you know, once again, the, the team with the ball at the end, I think is probably going to be the one that ends up winning this one. Mm, Vikings underdogs by more than a field goal against the Green Bay Packers. Are the Packers good? I I mean, I think we kind of thought that they were going to be good all season and there was a bunch of, you know, inroads with the, the wide receiver situation taking too long to develop and, and all these things with Aaron Rodgers not necessarily playing correctly. But, you know, come come November, come December, like he, he finds his rhythm, it seems like, almost every single year until playoff time. So I think right now, like, they're pretty good. I think it makes sense why they're, you know, a, a field goal favorite against the Vikings team that was, you know, uh, you know, home dogs to a Detroit Lions team that they, you know, are supposedly better than at least from a win-loss perspective. But uh, I think the market's kind of set here, you know, at plus three, I think makes a lot of sense if it gets out to three and a half. You know, that's that, that's very much a spot where I'd probably buy into Minnesota once again here. Uh, I think, you know, week one feels like a long time ago, but that was, you know, a, a complete beating from the Minnesota Vikings side when they did match up with them in week one. And, and very much, I know the path for how the Vikings have arrived at 12 and three, has been a little bit chaotic, but uh, I, I still think that, you know, given where people are kind of currently power ranking them, uh, they probably offer just a little bit of value on this current spread. Great stuff. Ben Brown, pro football focus on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line, the Phoenix A Revolutionary Technology, helping men all across America back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We appreciate Ben. Have a happy new year, and we'll catch up again in 2023 as we get set for week 18 in the playoffs all that to come here's what we got to come a lot of college football next hour and we'll dive into some team futures here in the nfl on the other side including who might get those last seeds in the nfc and the afc and is, are there any sleepers out there i mean it's you look at the super bowl odds right now it's six it's an obvious six 
Then there's like two weird teams floating in the middle, and then it's just long shots after that. Are any of them standing out to us? We'll hit that next right here on the Becky Wall Network.